the bloodline has officially imploded. And last night, the question was, where does Jay Uso intentions lie? Does he side with his brother, Jimmy? Does he side with the tribal chief himself, Roman, Solo, and Heyman? Did we get that answer? Did we get any progression from this story? Oh, we're going to talk about it. Also, Asuka gets a brand new women's title. However, she's greeted by a returning superstar. Oh, we're going to talk about it. The NXT and the WWE Women's Tag Championships unifying with no official type of approval? Oh, we're going to talk about it as well as a bunch of other nonsensical, money-in-the-bank qualifying, redundant bullshit. Best believe we're going to talk all about it. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is James Porcelli, and welcome to another episode of Rootless Talk. There is no time to waste. We are going to jump straight into the show. Hopefully everybody watching this, wherever you are in the world, is having a tremendous weekend. As you can see, once again, my co-host, Brian Thomas, is unavailable to join me today. So your boy is going to go solo and your boy is going to dissect the show by the match, by the segment, to see if we got any story progression with the bloodline or anything just outside of the bloodline that was intriguing we're going to talk all about it and of course you guys know that today is another edition of our top five wrestlers of the week so brian thomas unfortunately does not have a list for this week so your boy is just gonna you know go over his honorable mentions as well as my top five that will be at the end of this review so make sure you guys stay tuned for that so let us dive straight into the show, straight from the jump. Like I mentioned, there is not a whole lot of time to waste. We're going to dive straight into this thing. The show starts off right at the top of the show, hour number one, with Solo Sokoa and Paul Heyman in the middle of the ring. Before Paul Heyman says anything, Jay Uso interrupts as he just goes off on Solo Sokoa, um, you know, for turning his back on Jimmy Uso from last week saying, you know, whatever you need to say, just give it to me. Like what, what you did last week was, you know, how could you turn on our back? How could you turn your back on, on your brother? Whatever you need to say to me, Oose, just, just come on, OG, just, just, just say it. And of course, Paul Heyman grabs the microphone and says, Jay, you got it all wrong. It's nobody's fault besides Jimmy Uso. It's not my fault. It's not the tribal chief's fault. It's not Solo's fault. It's not even your fault. It is your brother Jimmy's fault. And he says he has made up his mind, not just for him, but for you. As Paul Heyman tries to get under his skin or tries to get into the head, I should say, of Jay Uso talking about how he makes all these decisions for you because he's technically the older brother. He was the first, right? And all of that and all of that jazz as Paul Heyman's trying to, you know, trying to warm up to, to Jay in order for to come over to his side, the tribal chief side, and leave his uh, 
leave his brother casting alone by himself. So, and he's talking, so Paul Heyman goes on, goes on to say, you know, there is a place for you to once again, to be the right hand man and to one and for one day for you, Jey Uso to be the next tribal chief and to prove and to prove that, you know, Roman Reigns and on behalf of Roman Reigns, you know, this, these are the words from Paul Heyman himself. He goes on to say that he has issued or he has granted Jey Uso a United States title match later on tonight as that is the main event of SmackDown later on. So, so Roman Reigns, so he may issue the match. However, Paul Heyman says, I need an answer from you right now. However, Jey Uso just says, eh, I'm going to get, let me get back to you on that. <laughs> In a jokingly weird comedic, it just came off very, very weird. You could tell the crowd was just like, oh, uh, okay, I guess we'll find out later in the night then. And Jim, uh, Jey Uso walks off, leaving Heyman and Solo Sokoa in the ring. So for the most part, I will say in regards to this segment, decent segment, liked where it was going. However, if people are being honest with themselves, the ending of this was just very flat. Um, it's just like the way that Jay Uso and listen, much love to Jay Uso, right? He, he, he's been doing a tremendous stuff with this, you know, with, with this storyline and everything as well as his brother, Jimmy, but the way that this just ended the, the way that Jay Uso was just like, eh, let me get back to you on that. And like, a, like I said, a comedic type of jokingly way. And, you know, it was just, and, and guys, like, don't take my word for it. Just go back and watch the crowd. Cause I know, I know a lot of people are screaming at me being like, oh, well, James, that's your, you know, that, that's your, that's just how you feel. That's your, but guys, again, I don't like to give, if you guys know this platform, I don't like to just spew out my opinion. I like to talk the facts. Go watch the crowd. They were very like, oh, be, okay, I guess we'll find out later on after Jey Uso walks off. It was just underwhelming, guys. Um, it's like, and, and you're saying that in a jokingly type of way, saying, oh, I'll get back to you. When this is supposed to be, I thought, a serious type of decision here when you know, you're, 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 you're making the decision whether to stay with your brother or join Roman Reigns, Solo, and Heyman. So that was a big freaking turnoff for the most part. Uh, again, overall, the segment was fine. I just wish we just had a better end to the segment and a little bit more, I don't know, just, just more behind it. I mean, obviously, you know, there's suspense of, oh, well, James, I guess we're just going to find out later in the night. You want to know later on in the night, right? You always talk about, you know, leaving cliffhangers or leaving suspenses in the show. And yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, the way a segment has to be finished has to be done properly. It just the delivery of the line when Jey Uso was just like, I'll get back to you on that was just very weird. Um, and just was, it just turned me off and it was just very, very underwhelming. So, but do they do what's the word I'm looking for? Do they regain themselves? Well, we're going to find out. We'll, we'll talk a lot more about this later on um, in the show. But moving on, we have a Money in the Bank qualifying match. This was Santos Escobar 
versus Mustafa Ali. This was a six and a half minute match. L.A. Knight, yeah, uh, comes on commentary for this match. Rey Mysterio's at ringside. Um, Ali springboards off the ropes into a DDT. Escobar wins this match via a pretty badass phantom driver off of the top rope. And Escobar punches his ticket to London and punches his ticket for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, here's what I'll say in regards to this. I don't understand what we're doing with Ali in regards to this. So he's over on NXT having this feud with Joe Gacy, right? For I, I believe it's for the North American champion. I believe he's also with Wes Lee, who's your North American champion for NXT. And you bring him over back to SmackDown. Oh, well, James, he's a free agent. He can go everywhere. But that, that's not what I'm saying, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, that, that's, not, that's not my point. My point is, is that if you're just going to jump Mustafa Ali back to SmackDown or over to NXT, whatever the hell you want to do, don't you, and, and your story here is with is with Joe Gacy, is it not? I mean, clearly we knew Santos Escobar. I mean, obviously him winning was the right call here. It's LWO. You had Selena Vega win her qualifying match. I believe that was last week. So, you know, you want to keep the LWO with, you know, with a little bit of momentum. You know, everybody, I know we spoke about it on this on this platform about how LWO has been drawing a lot of merchandise. There's a lot of people that are buying their stuff and you want to keep some type of momentum going with them. So obviously Santos Escobar winning was the right call, but again, you're, this is what I mean about these main roster talents going from NXT to the main roster, even as a free agent. So you're, at this point, guys, you're better off just having Mustafa Ali just stay over in NXT. If that if that's what you want to do, then just do that. Or or you can have Joe Gacy get involved in maybe a hit and run type of segment where you know Joe Gacy is obviously an NXT superstar. He's not supposed to be on SmackDown. He does a hit type of run, you know, with with. Uh, with schism or whatever you have Ava rain there, they do a hit and run, you know, freaking you get officials and security. You make the moment fun. And, and, and that's, and that's no harm, no foul. Right. I, I, it's just like, he just loses simplistically and, and that's it. And he's going to go back over to, to NXT. He's going to be a part of the, the main roster or is going to be part of the, of the, of the North American championship title picture. He's going to come back to the main roster. And then what? What What about Mustafa? Like, what are we doing here? You, ha you have him come back to, to lose a, a, a freaking qualifying match, bro. Come on. If you want Ali to jump from SmackDown to NXT because he's a free agent, then fine. Can we... Can we get creative? Can we think outside the box? If you want to freaking bring people like Carmelo Hayes, who was actually on SmackDown freaking last night, then why not add Joe Gacy and bring some realism, bring some fun into this situation? Don't just have Mustafa Ali just lose. And this is what I've been saying about Mustafa Ali pretty much since <laughs> ever since he got that Intercontinental Championship opportunity. Right. He he freaking lost. Oh, but he had the old college try. Right. Just how I you know I talked about with freaking 
Katana Chance and Caden Carter facing your women's tag champs, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. They're going to give it the old college try. And now, you know, the freaking main roster is too much for you. So let's go to the developmental system. Again, not my words. That's words of Paul Levesque, Triple H. And, and, and compete for some, some, for some titles on that brand over there. And then come back over to the main roster and just lose in six minutes. Guys, you may not like what I'm saying. I don't give a shit. But there's truth. There is factual tr- there's just there's truth and just logic and common sense coming out just in my words that you guys know you, you guys know where I'm coming from. you know you, you can like something, you can dislike something, but you have to be honest, man, like we could be doing this way, way freaking better in regards to Ali and what he's doing with NXT. Or whatever the fuck in general we're doing with this guy. Just saying. Um, up next, and this is where it gets really freaking bizarre. Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, they hit the ring right after they hit the ring. So Kayla Braxton's in there. They're in like a little in-ring interview. Before they say any words, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler interrupt. They claim that they want the NXT titles in a title unification match. And the ladies just accept. They brawl inside the ring. Isla Dawn and Alba Fire gain the upper hand. Rousey retreats. And that's your segment. So, obviously, now look, before I say anything else, obviously we knew that this was going to happen about the titles unifying. And I know there's a lot of fans and a lot of people saying, oh, well, you know, we knew this was going to happen. This is the right call, so I'm okay with it. But again, here's the freaking problem. Can we come up with a with with a with a reason or with a creative way to make this moment of unifying these titles special? I, I mean, you. I mean, because here's the thing: there's no official, there's no Triple H, there's no Vince McMahon, there's no hell, there's no freaking Adam Pierce. These ladies just, I mean, this, you, you would think, right? NXT, these, these NXT titles and the, and the main roster, the, the women's tag titles, they're talking about a unification. Wouldn't you just think of logic and common sense would tell you, <laughs> right? That officials or Triple H would want to get involved and have somewhat of a discussion and make it some type of a big deal. You would think, but no. <laughs> nothing was, you know, what we got just later on the night, the boom, the match is just official in two weeks. These women are going to face each other in a title unification match. Winner freaking takes all. And, and this is also what I, me and Brian have, I've also been saying about, you know, these women coming over and with, with these titles, it's just like, what what are we doing here? Like, why are these women getting drafted to the main roster, holding on to NXT titles? And now we're just going to unify them. Oh, great. Like, that really worked out extremely well for Roman Reigns and that whole, you know, <laughs> freaking unification type of shtick over the last freaking year or two. Um, Just, I, I, I don't get it. We're... We're just coming up with shit on the fly because we this company continues to put themselves in a pickle because they they don't know what they're doing. They don't care to know what the fuck they're doing. 
and they're just adding brand new sets of titles, unifying freaking titles. But, and, and again, it's like, oh, well, James, we're getting to, at least that it's happening. So it's the right call. They're making the right, they're making the right call, the right decision. So I'm on board with it. But can, but I, I understand that. But can we get there in a different way? Can we unify these titles, regardless of how people feel, if this is a right call or not? Wouldn't we want to make this a big deal? Wouldn't you want people like Triple H and freaking officials? And because again, you're unifying your developmental system in, you know, with these titles, the tag titles, with your main roster tag titles. And nothing. You hear absolutely nothing. You know what Adam Pierce is doing backstage? He's telling Bianca Belair to say, I need you to stay in the back because I don't want you to get involved when I present a new championship to Asuka because, you know, and I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it for y'all because I want, you know, a little bit of suspense, right? But Bianca, I want you to just stay in the back because... You know, I don't want Asuka. I want Asuka to just, you know, receive her title. I don't want anything. Just you're going to get your rematch. So, but motherfucker, what? So you're like, I, I don't know, man. It's just a bunch of just what, like, again, you would think, right? Like titles unifying. You're talking NXT and, and the main roster. Like, wouldn't you want to make that much more of a, much more of a big deal, but, but, but freaking God forbid that we, we book this women's division as such. And, you know, we, we treat a tag division as such, God forbid. So just makes fucking no sense. Um, you know, I understand why they're unifying the titles. I, I can, I can get that, but it's just the way that we're getting there. I mean, clearly they had no choice but to do this because why NXT talents that are holding on to NXT titles being drafted to being drafted to fricking to the main roster to SmackDown makes no fricking sense to me at all. So you put yourselves into a pickle. Oh, well, why don't we just unify the titles? Doesn't matter how we get there. Let's just freaking do it. Let's just rip the bandaid off. Cause that's what this was. Let's just have these ladies go out there. This was this, this segment wasn't even what like two to three minutes. Let's just rip the bandaid off. It's going to be gruesome. It's going to be painful. But once after a couple seconds or a couple of minutes, it's, it's going to be all fine and dandy because now we've, we've done it. We've made the match. Let's just breathe. But, but no, no, no motherfucker. We, we have to, it sometimes guys, the, the journey to the destination is that much more important than the destination itself. That's all I'm going to say. So, and then, and, and, and so what? So Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, they're going to win these titles. And, and so Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, they're going to, I mean, I just, look, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. I, listen, I know I'm in the minority. People are like, they're sick of Ronda Rousey. They're sick of Shayna Baszler. They want nothing to do with them. They're freaking right. I, I get it. Right. I, I understand how, how, where you're coming from. I understand how you feel, but this is a team, right? And again, I use the team loosely, but a duo that is legit badass. These are two legit badass freaking women that can do wonders for your company. If you, if you put, if you book them properly, you know, but do they need titles? 
do they need two sets of fucking tag titles in order to feel as such? The answer is no. When it comes to Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, again, an actual tag team, you know, again, the, the thing with Shayna Baszler, and I understand, right? You know, as much as I love Shayna Baszler, well, not love, but as much as I like Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, right? I don't mind them. You know, people just want to get them off the TV screen. I understand. But nothing screams, they're a good duo. They have history. But nothing screams tag team. You know, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, that's a tag team. So if you're gonna if you're gonna put Shayna and Ronda Rousey together, then that's fine. But don't make them go after tag t- and this. But here's the thing: they have no choice to, because the rest of this women's tag division is fucking irrelevant. So their hands are tied, and you have these two women. You don't know how you don't have anywhere else to go. So here we are. Um, and it's a shame. So most likely Shayna Baszler and Ronda are going to win these titles. And I just, I, I don't know what that leads for Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. Um, also, there's a pay-per-view coming up. So this is in two weeks. You could also be pumping this up to that freaking pay-per-view. I, just saying, I, I don't understand why we're waiting. Oh, well, ratings, James. Well, again, motherfucker, you don't fucking book a show. You don't book a freaking match. To, to pump up freaking ratings. You have to get a story. Like you have to get a freaking story going, right? It's the same thing I said about Kevin Owens and Gunther. Okay, great match. I agree. It's going to be a decent, somewhat of a decent match. Um, but we, we have, but that's, but that's all it's going to be. Like, why can't we get some build to make them the make, to make the match that much more special? That's all I'm saying. So, I'm sure me and Brian will talk more about this um, in in the near future, but just very odd segment. Nobody, no no suits and ties, no officials are giving a fuck. These ladies are just are talking about title unifying and oh we accept we do this we do that and poof, somebody out of thin air later on in the night just makes the match official for two weeks. I just can, can we make the moment of declaring this match official more freaking just, just more memorable? Like, can, can there be some care? Can there, can there just be some fucking effort for once? If your name, can, with, with, if your name is not, if your name is not anybody in the freaking bloodline, can anybody in this fucking company have something for somebody? Fuck me, man. Up next is another money in the bank qualifying match. We have Bailey. Versus Mia Yim. Uh, Bailey wins this match in two and a half minutes, pretty simplistically uh, with the Rose plant uh, to Mia Yim. Doesn't shock me the way Mia Yim's been booked. It's just another, it's just another week of <laughs> just another week of just, you know, WWE not knowing what to do with Mia Yim um, and just making her feel freak. Even with the OC, just continuing to feel like a fucking afterthought. Post-match, Scarlet appears. She blows red this red powder dust in the face of AJ Styles. AJ Styles was on commentary for this match. Scarlett Bordeaux walks up to AJ Styles, blows that red powder dust in AJ Styles' face. Karrion Cross comes up from behind through the crowd behind the commentary table, locks in the cross jacket from behind. Mia Yim comes to the aid, 
and Scarlet and Karrion Cross retreat through the crowd, or they stand pretty much right by the barricade. They don't really retreat. They just stand by the barricade. Um, and that's it. So, but yeah, um, decent. For, I like the way it was going. Listen, the match, like guys, I, I'm not even going to waste my breath about the match. I, I knew I, we, we know that this, this company's not going to give Mia Yim the time of day. We knew Bailey versus Mia Yim. You knew what they were going to lead to. However, this post-match, I was actually, I was, I was digging it. I was actually digging this post-match. And I know I talked about a lot about freaking, you know, Styles and Cross and how now they're going to do this shtick again, even though freaking Cross has already lost to AJ Styles. So that's already a problem in, in of itself. But if you're going to do segments like this, hell yeah, I'm on board. But here's the problem. I mean, can you let the segment just breathe? <laughs> I mean, within the snap of a finger, it's done. Because we got to go to backstage because we, we got to we gotta get set up for freaking, you know, for, you know, this special returning superstar. And we're going to and we're going to talk about this superstar uh, in just a second. Right. Because we got to give time over to that person. And, you know, because who gives a fuck about carrying cross and making them feel special? Again, this is why people don't give a shit about cross, because you put them in a segment that's actually decent, but it, it's just quickly interrupted or just quickly just 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 gone, just completely just pushed to the side because we have to get into, you know, we, we, we got in, we got to get into the, you know, our golden child <laughs> that should sound familiar. And that should kind of put two and two together as we get into the second hour. But, um, but yeah, man, so styles and cross look, they already have had the match. That's already a red flag in in of itself. I just, I just don't expect this company to put any time and care and effort into it. I liked how they did this, this segment. I just wish the moment would just breathe a bit more, like let people get, feel a connection with cross. And if they don't, that's fine. Then just go back to the drawing board, come up with some other creative shit that you can get, you know, work with Karrion cross work with Scarlet and give them something that, that works. If it's not working with the crowd, you know, you just got to get creative. You just got to think a little bit. It's going to take time, right? Cause I know we want, you know, we know what today's world is now it's instant gratification, right? That's what this world is nowadays. We want it now. We want the moment now. We don't care. You know, if, if something's not done right, I'll just forget it, whatever. Just d dust it off to the side. It's like just another, it's like a piece of garbage. No, like, let's just, let's get creative, man. Let's really make this special for Cross and Styles. No, no, it, it just immediately interrupts. It just immediately ends, I should say. The, the segment just immediately ends and that's it. So moving on into our number two. Asuka receives a brand new women's title. Pretty much the same title as Roman Reigns got. Now it's, it's got the nice white strap. It's got the big W in the middle. Like I said before, with Roman's title, they're, they're, they want to sell those titles as toys at freaking Target and Walmart. It's a marketing strategy. So I know people don't like that ugly-ass big W, but again, guys, it's marketing strategy for WWE. So whatever. That's just <laughs> more, more props to them, I guess. So Oscar receives this title and guys, I shit you not Charlotte Flair and her music fucking hits her music hits. She enters the ring. Adam Pierce tells Charlotte to get in line 
you know. However, Charlie Flair says, I don't wait in line. I made the line. (laughs) Oh, boy. I don't wait in line. I made the line. Jesus fucking Christ. As, As Charlotte Flair officially challenges Asuka for a shot at her title for a championship opportunity. Asuka accepts. Um, Charlotte, Charlotte Flair says, oh, when you make this match official, you can put that new title around my waist too. And Asuka goes for, she, she goes to spit the mist in freaking Charlotte's face. Asuka sidesteps it, you know, because God forbid freaking, you know, because Bianca, you know, at, you know, freaking gets caught in the face with it. But freaking Charlotte Flair, the very first time she tries to get caught with it, freaking sidesteps it because she's just Charlotte Flair. She can't do no fucking wrong. Um, so Charlotte Flair sidesteps the mist delivered from Asuka. She delivers a big boot to Asuka's face. And Asuka retreats up the ramp. And Charlie Flair, Charlotte Flair, stands tall in the middle of the ring as she is officially returned to WWE. Is this a joke? That's that's a genuine question. Is this a joke? What have I been saying, guys, over the past several freaking weeks, pretty much since after WrestleMania? I have came onto this camera as well as on this microphone and say all of this in regards to whether Bianca's holding the title, whether Asuka's holding the title, this is all set in stone for Charlotte Flair to come back and win this freaking title. And here it is. Guys, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand wh- where this is going. Right? And then people are like, oh, well, Bianca Belair can get involved, James. And she could turn heel. Right? This is what the fuck I hear, too. That she's going to turn heel, and it could be this. You know, EO Sky can win the freaking, can win the briefcase and cash it, cash it in on her. First of all, let, let, me, let me speak about the whole Bianca Belair shtick. Regardless if Bianca is involved or not, It's going to be the same result. Charlotte Flair is winning this fucking title, guys. It doesn't matter. It just, it doesn't matter. This result is going to be the same. It doesn't matter if it's just Charlotte and Asuka. It doesn't matter if it's Charlotte, Asuka, and Bianca. It doesn't matter if freaking, if EO Sky freaking cashes it in on Charlotte. You know what the regimen is always going to be? We're going to rinse and repeat. We're going to liquidate the cycle of Charlotte Flair winning a championship. She's going to hold it on for a couple of months. She's going to lose the title. She's going to go away for a couple of months, maybe a month or two. She's going to make a grand freaking return, getting back into the title picture. And we're just going to rinse and repeat the cycle. Here's the freaking problem. This woman has zero, and I mean zero, connection with this freaking audience. None. She gets a little cheap pop, and this is the same pop that she got when she returned. I believe it was Tampa, Florida, when she returned and she faced Ronda Rousey. That's when I did my Instagram Live video, my last ever uh, Instagram Live video before doing these official podcasts, and talked about the definition of insanity, how we just continue over the last eight to ten fucking years of Charlotte Flair winning this championship over and over and over again and expecting any different of a result in fans giving a crap about her 
and sh- and force feeding this woman being the greatest wrestler on the face of this earth when nobody is buying it. If you're a fan of this woman, if you're a fan of Charlotte, good for you. Okay. If, if you're happy, if you're happier than a pig and shit, that's awesome. But when it comes to this platform, I don't give a damn who your favorite wrestler is. You know, what's the word I'm looking for? My goal on this platform is to not make you like what you hear. You know, I just call shit out like it is. And for the past eight years, whether you want to admit it or not, over the past eight years, Charlotte Flair has developed zero freaking connection with this crowd. You can tell it for merchandise sales, the numbers, the metrics prove it all, right? Because it's easy to just throw out an opinion while I freaking disagree. Disagree all you want. The numbers and the facts that everything I've mentioned about Charlotte in the past proves my freaking point. So you can disagree. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) You can like Charlotte Flair. That's good for you. And I also like Charlotte Flair too. I want to like Charlotte Flair. I want to get in board. I want to, you know, I want to be behind this woman and, and really be captivated by her. But how can I, how over the past eight years, you develop this, this persona, this regimen of Charlotte Flair, you know, Ric Flair's daughter, Ric Flair's daughter, right? Or the, or the, you know, whatever the hell you want to call this woman and thrust her in a title picture Every single fucking time she comes back. I mean, if you want to return this woman in a, in a relevant, meaningful segment, okay. Why for a title? Why does she need to have the same amount of goddamn titles as her father? Like she's just as talented as her father. Yeah, give me a break. Nobody's buying it. If you're a fan, that's great. You can, you, you can be in denial and say that, that, that you disagree all you want. But the facts are the facts, man. We've been doing this for eight plus years and nothing is working with her. She had, you know, she gets a cheap pop, little cheap pop from the crowd in Tampa, Tampa, Florida. What was it? A year or two, a year ago, a couple months ago, probably, I would say well over a year ago by now. And ever since then, what, what did, what did that title, what did that title reign accomplished? Nothing. Absolutely freaking nothing. We just give the title to Charlotte just for her to collect more and more title reigns on her record. That's all it is. There's no feud that she's involved in that's getting us captivated. It's just to give her the title just because we need to have her be in the same freaking persona as her father and and be the greatest women's wrestler on this God's green earth. That's all it is. And it's bullshit because she's just not. I can name five to 10 other freaking wrestlers like Sasha Banks, like freaking Bailey, like EO Sky, like Naomi. Like how are, how is Charlotte Flair that much better than all of those women that I just named? Somebody tell me. It's just like, oh, athleticism, James. She's athletic. Okay. So is Naomi. So, so is Trinity Fatu, right? You know, that, that, now that's the name that she's going as is in, in, in TNA Impact. Shout out to her, by the way. Um, but yeah, h- how is she that much? She, you're telling me that she's just as athletic as Naomi? Okay, she delivers better promos. Okay, how much better does she deliver in promos? She's like, I am your queen. I don't wait in line. I am the line. 
freaking talking like a freaking robotic freaking just oh my like a nauseating type of robotic promo jesus christ man i i mean there's one thing to like something but man like fans need to cut the shit and call and we need to call this out when it needs to be fucking called out because we've been doing this guys for eight years and they're not it's not working it's not freaking working. You can give her freaking 50, 100 title reigns if you want. It's not going to change. The crowd is going to continue to give her a mix versus hardly any type of reaction at all. She got a cheap pop. Okay, good for her. She got the same the same type of pop as she did in Tampa, Florida. And then you know, weeks and the weeks are going to go by and people are just going to get sick and fucking tired of the title reign and, and everything and how it, it's going to be the same fucking shit, bro. So what are we accomplishing? You know, and, and, and you knew it because, you know, they promoted, you know, receiving a brand new women's title. You see that big W, that white strap. And here comes Charlotte Flair. And you know that within the next couple of weeks, that fucking title is going to be around her waist. And I fucking called it. And you know it's going to happen as that match is now going to be in three weeks. And I love the fact that it's not even at freaking Money in the Bank. <laughs> it's not even at the pay-per-view. It's just going to be. So screw Asuka freaking defending her title at a freaking pay-per-view. Let's just have her freaking lose it. Or, or hell, they're probably going to add Bianca Belair into this situation. Probably in a triple threat or whatever they're going to freaking do. Still doesn't matter. It's going to be the same freaking result. So people can argue me about that. It still doesn't matter. It's the same freaking result in regards to Charlotte Flair winning this title. So I can go on and on about this, but you guys know how I feel. If you guys have been, you know, across this platform over the past several months, you guys know how I feel about this for justified reasons. Cause I don't bitch on this. I don't bitch and moan just a bitch and freaking moan. I dissect and I call shit out when it needs to be called out because it's not helping the business at all. It's not helping Charlotte Flair. It's not helping the company. And it's damn sure not helping the women's division. And that's just the truth, bro. Up next, uh, Baron Corbin versus Butch in a Money in the Bank qualifying match. Butch wins in under two minutes. So Butch is heading to Money in the Bank. Freaking Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams from NXT are watching at ringside. Um, so yeah, and, and Butch wins via, I don't even know if I want to call this a, a roll up or a hold me down. It's just, I don't, whatever it was, it was ugly and it was fucking awful. That That's all I can say. And that's all I'm going to say. So, and then Baron Corbin, Trick Williams, Carmelo Hayes, they come to blows. And by, by the way, what the hell was Corbin wearing? <laughs> He's, he comes out fr like, he comes out straight like a freaking just a just another Joe Schmo off the street. He's got the freaking tank top with the with the gym shorts. Like, what the fuck are we doing with Corbin? And he comes back, and so okay, so it's like just like I said about Mustafa Ali. So Baron Corbin, he's this he's this free agent, right? He, James, he can go to whatever brand. Okay, again, that's fine. But this is. You have him lose in under two minutes, and he's going to go back to NXT competing for a money in the or not, well, excuse me, not money in the bank, but the NXT world title. And, and, and he's going to come back to the main roster and do what? 
I don't understand. And again, what is this doing for, for, and what is this doing for Carmelo Hayes, bro? This is, I mean, this dude is technically, I mean, he's on the, the main roster. I mean, this is, this is people, casual fans, you know, first impression of Carmelo Hayes. Just wasted in a, in a meaningless segment that no one's going to remember. Oh, well, James, the segment was fine. I enjoyed it. Okay, good for you. But again, my, my standards are up here and your fucking standards are here. So that's the difference. We, if, you know, just, if, if you're going to put Carmelo Hayes on the main, ro- on WWE television, on the main roster, on SmackDown television, can we, can we make the moment fucking special? Or, or better yet, if you're, if this is, if you're just going to have Corbin on NXT, just freaking keep him there. Fuck this free agent shit. This whole draft and everything is just complete freaking utter, just what the fuck. It's just, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Just qualifying match after qualifying match, you know, just to fill up a freaking, just to fill up a show. So, and Butch winning this match. I mean, I, I mean, guys, it's, you know, as Pete Dunn from NXT, you know, there was a place with that. And now I understand there's also elements of Pete Dunn now, you know, he's you no, know, he's got the little, he's got pretty much the same type of attire now as when he was Pete Dunn, but still it's just, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it makes no sense of what the, what he, what he's doing with the brutes and how it's getting anybody captivated, how anybody gives a shit about the brawling brutes and butch. Um, it's, I don't know, man, just, I mean, good for him. He's in this, he's in this money in the bank ladder match. He's going to put on a good performance. People are going to freaking bust a load over it. Okay. That's great. But I mean, it's just, it's, can we, can we, can we do, can we just, is it wrong to just want better, man? That's all I'm going to say. Is it just wrong to want better? Uh, and we have another money in the bank qualifying match. This was EO sky versus Shotzi. Uh, Shotzi, um, loses this match, or, or as I should say, EO Sky wins this match. Bailey's at ringside. She distracts Shotzi, and EO Sky wins the match via her moonsault, her beautiful, her beautiful, beautiful moonsault. And EO Sky is going to Money in the Bank, as we pretty much, um, you know, saw coming. <laughs> um, so there you go. So as of right now, I believe it is Zoe Starks, Becky Lynch. Uh, Eosky, Bailey, and I believe there's one more person I'm forgetting. Selena Vega. So as of right, so that is your list of com- of competitors right now. I believe there's one more slot that needs to be, or another woman that needs to be added into this match. So, but yeah, Eosky's in this match, and I guess, um, I guess Bailey and her are gonna tell a story between each other about damage control. I, I, guys, I don't know. I, I really have no freaking idea. And here's the thing too about EO Sky. And I know that she has been the favorite by fans to win this Money in the Bank briefcase. Here's the thing. She lost to Bianca Belair at Backlash. And now the now she's going to hold on to a briefcase that's going to... Guys, I, I don't know, man. That just seems very... It just seems very weird. I, I said this, you know, even the same thing with Selena Vega. She got a she got a SmackDown freaking title match, um, SmackDown Women's title match at Backlash, and now what? She's gonna win this freaking 
she's she's gonna freaking cash in and win a title it just makes it's just really weird um but with eo sky i mean yeah that would be i mean you know you're probably your safest bet is to go with eo sky but it's just if, if this was the case for eo sky then I, I wouldn't have had the freaking title match you know it just doesn't in that regard it just doesn't make freaking sense but but here we are so I mean, I guess when it comes to people like when you have Becky Lynch, you know, freaking Zoe Starks, Selena Vega, freaking Bailey. I mean, Bailey's not going to freaking win it. Freaking Becky Lynch sure as hell shouldn't be winning it. Or, or maybe the you know maybe the person winning it is this last participant that needs to qualify. Who who knows? But I, I just I, I don't know. And because here's the thing, too, because like, oh, well, EO Sky, she'll cash it in on Charlotte and she'll win that championship. OK. And then what? You <laughs> you guys know what? At some point, like I mentioned about Charlotte, she's going to lose the title because this is what they do. Even though that Charlotte Flair is going to lose that title, you know, of, of course she is, because this is the cycle with her to get over 16, 17 title reigns under her freaking her resume. She'll win that title and beat Asuka or Bianca Belair or both, whatever it is. Freaking EO Sky, hell, she could cash in on freaking Charlotte and win the title. So, but then guys, it's still, it's still going to be the same shtick where EO Sky, like, and do we trust this company to give EO Sky the time of day or even to give her that opportunity? I mean, I mean, be honest with yourselves, even though we want it. And I understand we all love Oscar for, or excuse me, EO Sky for justified reasons. And, and trust me, I am an advocate for this woman, for EO Sky. She is tremendous. She is a tremendous freaking performer. But again, I'll believe it when I freaking see it. So, but I just find it weird that we're going to give this woman the money in the bank briefcase when... She just lost to Bianca Belair, not even what, freaking a month and a half ago? I, I just, it's just weird. It's just very, very weird. But me and Brian, we'll talk more about that uh, moving forward, getting closer to that said pay-per-view. Finally, we get to our main event. Main event was for the United States Championship. This was Jey Uso versus Austin Theory. Um, I like the way this match was booked. This match was booked very damn well. This book, this match was overbooked, and I like, and I actually like that. I actually don't mind when matches are overbooked because that tells me you put a lot of creative and freaking effort into it. And when it's done right, it's actually really good shit. <laughs> it's good shit, pal. <laughs> right. So, so let me start from the jump here. Jey Uso delivers a super kick to Theory. He collides into the ref and the ref gets knocked out of out of the ring. Um, Jay, or Jay Uso goes to the top rope, hits the Uso splash, goes for the cover, but there's no ref because the ref is knocked out. Pretty deadly interferes, um, I guess, because they have a relationship with Austin Theory from last week. So, okay, whatever. Um, Jimmy Uso, he comes out. Jimmy Uso comes in, he interferes, takes out pretty deadly. Solo Sokoa interferes, and again, man, freaking it. This match is this this segment, this whole this whole shtick was overbooked. But again, I liked overbooked stuff when it's done properly. And again, it just shows me that the company cares. So I don't. I actually really did not mind the way that this went down at all. 
So Solo Sokoa comes out and it goes for the Samoan spike. Jey Uso stops um, Solo for delivering that spike. And Jimmy Uso accidentally kicks Jey Uso square in his freaking face. Uh, Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa, they continue to go at it and they brawl outside of the ring. Theory takes advantage. The referee is back onto his feet. The referee makes the count one, two, and three. And Austin Theory retains his United States Championship as Solo Sokoa and Paul Heyman, they're at the rampway. The Usos are left inside the middle of the ring. Jay Uso's in distraught. He shoves Jimmy Uso because he's pissed at him for costing him the United States title. However, he walks straight past Solo Sokoa and Heyman. So the question still is, we don't even know where Jay Uso is even aligning himself to. So all the suspense that was built into the show, and because that was the question, right? The question was, where was Jay Uso going to lie to? And there was nothing. As Jimmy Uso's left and distraught in the ring, as SmackDown goes off the air. So before we get into our top five list, I, let me say this. I understand that you don't want to, you know, you, you don't want to tell the story too quickly, right? It's like, oh, well, James, this is just, this is leaving more in suspense. But guys, you're telling me that they can't get any creative. You're telling me this finish this week was just as good as last week. Come on, man, be honest, be honest with yourself. The answer is, the answer is no. This was a downgrade from last week. That's not my personal opinion. That's just a fact. Um, you cannot tell me that this was a that, that that this was a intriguing finish to the show. Was the match good? I, I actually didn't mind the match. Like I said, the, the the overbooking was actually solid, and it worked out. It gelled very very well. But the way we go off the air was just was just flat, just very very freaking flat. And and here's what I want to say in regards to this, because I know a lot of people are, they're screaming, they're yelling at me through the they're through their freaking phones or their computers and whatever. Here's what, if I'm booking this, right? If, if I'm booking this to me, obviously you had to make Jay Uso make a decision, but here's why, because what he's going to make the decision next week when Roman's there, why does everything why does everything need to be put on hold until Roman Reigns is in the fucking building? I, I don't understand. So this week just, it just, it takes a, you know, it's, it's like a roller coaster wave. Oh, well, we were, we were on an all time high freaking last week. And now this week it's just like, oh, okay. And then Roman Reigns, he's going to come back next week. And then we're going to go back onto another high, right? Why can't we just continue to soar? Why, why can't we just continue to walk up this mountain and continue this momentum. Why couldn't we have a decent to a really good cliffhanger that doesn't need to involve Roman Reigns being in the building? I'm just saying, bro. And and again, this is a and this is a great example just from not too long ago, a couple months ago, the lead up to, to WrestleMania with the tag titles. Freaking Jay Uso, he had to make his decision in regards to, you know whether he aligns himself with, with Sami Zayn or the bloodline, he choose the bloodline and it was a freaking. and I don't believe Roman Reigns was in the building. Pretty sure he wasn't. So again, 
so why why does Roman Reigns need to be in the building for to to to, to actually to, to put all of your chips into one basket? I don't understand. Because guys, you can't tell me this was a that that there was any cliffhanger here. You're telling me this cliffhanger was that much better than last week? Guys, stop! You're lying to me and you're lying to yourself. It was a underwhelming finish to the show. That just is, man. Like, oh, well, I disagree, James. Like, you're you're, you're you, you need to enjoy it, man. Just enjoy it, uh, guys. You don't need to tell me to enjoy it. I've been enjoying this for the past two to three freaking years. But here's the difference between me. And here's the difference between you. My standards are here and your standards are way freaking down here. Okay. That's all it is. Okay. I'm not going to have sympathy and lower my bar for a billion dollar conglomerate freaking company because they don't want to put the time and effort to, you know, when Roman Reigns is not in the freaking building to tell a freaking, to tell a decent freaking story or a segment in a show when Roman Reigns is not there. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to sugarcoat. I'm not, I'm, that, that's just, if you don't like that, then this is just, this is not the platform for you. I'm sorry. So, but in regards to that, you know, at, with all that being said, this to me, if, 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 and if I'm booking this, because I know the way, you know, people saying, you know, obviously the decision is for Jay Uso to align with his brother. You have the Usos and you have, Roman and Solo Soko in the tag. But to me, man, especially if you want to continue to develop the story and hell, even add other family members like Rikishi and whoever else you want to involve to really make this storyline special. Because because here's the thing, guys. Jay Uso is going to align with his brother, which is probably going to happen. But then what? I mean, they're going to have the tag match or the fatal four-way. Probably it's going to be a tag. They're pro- they're going to most likely win the match. So, and th- there's your payoff. There's the payoff match right there. So wh- where can you go from there? However, where you can go is that Jey Uso aligns himself with Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, and Paul Heyman. Prolong this long-term. Because here's the thing, guys. I'm not just thinking of next week. I'm thinking of the week after that, a month from now, month and a half from now. I think miles and miles ahead when it comes to booking. That's just how, that's just the the fan and the critique that I am, right? Or the critic that I am. So, but yeah, so you're, you're telling me, so the Usos are just going to, Jay Uso's going to, you know, he's going to make his decision. He's going to line with his brother. They're going to have the tag match and maybe money in the bank or however they want to freaking creative. Like let's, let's freaking get, let's think outside the box to where maybe Jay Uso doesn't make that decision to align with his brother, Jimmy. Maybe he does go side by side with Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman and solo, but maybe it's for a reason. Maybe it's a reason that Jay Uso is waiting for the right time to strike against Roman to do it when the time, when the time is right, when the moment is right. And then he puts his, you know, he, he draws his line in the sand. He real he, he stands shoulder to shoulder with his brother. And now you can prolong the story to get to the ultimate payoff, which is probably going to be the tag match, whether it's SummerSlam or, or anywhere further than that. However, however, they're going to prolong this, you know, and you can add people, like, you know, a Rikishi or whoever you want to add in there 
in regards to the bloodline, in regards to this family, you know? And that's it, man. Along the story, there, I mean, c come on, man. It's just, there's so many more options that you can have that if Jay Uso decides to join Roman, his tribal chief, Paul Heyman and Solo, against Jimmy Uso, there are so many options and angles that you can go as opposed to the Usos just right, right out of the gate and where we're at in this story to just, you know, be side by side to one another. Why not prolong it? Why not make the moment that much more special? Just saying, man. So, but those are my thoughts. Again, if, if I'm the one booking this shit, you know, that's thinking long-term that's the way I would go. That's the way I think that would make sense. That would help the storyline and would help this company. Are they going to do that? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, cause what, cause why would, why would this company try to really think and get creative, um, in, in regards to, you know, ma making their shows any better, you know, it's just why, 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 why would they do that? So, but yeah, and in regards to the show overall, before we get into this top five list here, man, just, I'm sorry, man. If, if you're going to tell me that this show was good, then again, man, you're lying to me, bro. And you're lying to your freaking self. If you're, if you're going to tell me that this was a good show, freaking Charlotte Flair returning to get another title match. Again, we're repeating the same cycle that we've been doing for the past eight to nine fucking years. A bunch of qualifying matches, freaking Mustafa Ali and Corbin jumping, sh jumping ship from SmackDown to NXT and having no story progression with even their stories within NXT. Like, it's just like, guys, what, what, what's, what, what else is getting your, like the, the titles being unified with no official, with no authority, authoritative figure being involved to make the moment that much more special and to make it more broad. It's just four females just like, yeah, let's fight. Let's do it. You know, let's just have the match because we could just do whatever we want here. You know, because that's because that's the notion of it, you know. But but I digress. So if you guys are if, if you guys like the show, if you guys enjoy the show, I always say all the time, man, good for you. But at the same time, when it comes to and this is where I go back to Charlotte Flair to end the and to end this. If we continue to lower our bar and just accept everything that this company is giving to us, if we just at this point just just accept the fact that Charlotte Flair is is coming back and she's winning these titles, and we just accept that, regardless if you're a fan, I don't give a shit about that, then that's the problem because people will get on their will get on their will get on their Twitter. And they'll type all their 140 or 50 freaking characters and say how great this shit was. And WWE, that's what they latch onto. They latch onto those people that are going to accept the bare minimum. And, and that's it, man. And that's what you're going to continue to get from this company. Because as long as they have people like, like that, that just accept everything that, that WWE force feeds them and just say, oh... As long as we're getting this, it's the right call. Doesn't matter how we get there as long as we're getting there. Or eh, Charlotte Flair is the greatest wrestler in the when she's not, 
right? You know, just accepting the bare minimum. Oh, it's the right call. It doesn't matter how we get there. No, motherfucker. Yes, it does. It, it's you, you have to make these moments feel as such. But again, if, if that's what you're accepting, then this, this product's not going to get any better. I'm telling you. So that's, that's all I'm going to say in regards to that. And now we move on to our top five wrestlers of the week. So Brian, um, of course is not, um, involved with the show for today. He will be back on Tuesday when we cover Monday night raw, nor does he have a list for this week. Um, it's been a busy, busy week for him in regards to, you know, every, all of his, uh, all the stuff that he does outside of these podcasts. So again, Brian, uh, if you're watching this, shout out to you, my man. Um, so like I said, he'll be back on Tuesday. So I will just go over my honorable mentions and my top five and try to make this as quick and as easy peasy as Oscar would say, um, you know, as possible here. So if you guys are new to this top five list, allow me to demonstrate the rules. So um, when it comes to this list, man, everybody's free game, WWE, AEW, New Japan, TNA, everybody is free game when it, when it comes to this list and this wit and this list changes by the week frequently. So it may look one way, you know, the week previous, the very next week, it can be completely different. It is free game. You know, it, it we, we dissect it in, in who is pretty much running good shit in WWE right now, who is involved in really good stuff, who has a lot of good momentum right now, regardless of our favorite wrestler. This is how we dissect from our genuine, you know, and honest critiques are in these freaking lists. These are the most unbiased freaking lists that you will come across on this platform. So with all that being said, I'm going to jump into my honorable mentions here. So my first two honorable mentions are Kevin Owens and Gunther. Regardless of how I feel about that whole match that they had and the fact that it really just was just wasted on a Monday Night Raw, it was a damn solid good freaking performance. And it was the talk of the of this of this week in regards to the wrestling world and then putting on a tremendous performance for those two. So Kevin Owens and Gunther, I just wish that freaking the moment of them leading up to this match would have been more memorable. But, you know, but still. Tremendous performance by both of them. They were the they were the talk of the, the of the wrestling world this week, and they deserve their praise in the honorable mentions. My other two honorable mentions are Dominic Mysterio and the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. So, and for justified reasons, I know as well as I am right. Like I am not on board with this whole adversity shtick that Cody Rhodes has got going on with the freaking with the cast and you know, freaking getting beat up by Brock with no freaking story nor explanation. It's really diminished his momentum in the process. However, this segment that he was involved in with, with Dominic Mysterio, man, um, decent back and forth. And it was honestly the slimmer of positive that came, that came out of that Monday Night Raw this past Monday. Now, I understand if, you know, if you didn't like the segment, that's fine. But again, guys, I'm not I'm not basing this list off of what I like or dislike. It was legit dissecting it from top to bottom from that show that we, me and Brian did this past Monday. It was legit. The only, like it was the only thing that was positive. Like, I mean, I mean, guys don't take my word for it. Go back and watch this freaking this, this segment, the back and forth was, was very well done. 
And to be honest with you guys, I'd rather see Dominic and freaking Cody than another freaking match with Brock and Cody that, that has no story, no explanation, nothing for me to latch onto. Um, you know, and I know Brian talked about, you know, about the struggle in regards to, you know, Dominic and how, you know, Dominic, him, Cody Rhodes facing Dominic isn't really like a road of hard time. And I understand that in regards to that, but still, if you're going to give me a filler type of match, right? Cause, cause of course we're going to get Brock versus Cody anyway, it's going to happen. But if you're going to give me Dominic versus Cody in the meantime, or something in, in regards to that, of these two feuding at one another for whether it's money in the bank in a, in a ladder match or one-on-one sign me up, bro. Dominic has been doing tremendous freaking work. Um, you know, the, the heel heat that he attracts when he comes out, the freaking, the, the, the crowd doesn't even let him freaking talk when he comes out. Um, and Cody Rhodes is just Cody Rhodes, man. This dude will, this dude will make freaking turn freaking chicken shit into chicken salad of how well he has just gotten better at this professional wrestling thing ever since he's become the American nightmare character. So, and my final honorable mention is Damien Priest. Uh, Damien Priest is in my, is, is in my honorable mention for this week. I mean, I spoke very heavily about Damien Priest and how him freaking, you know, I guess you can say being departed or getting dust boot from the judgment day is just ridiculous. <laughs> Um, but I, you know, but here's the thing, regardless of if we like that or not, they've been giving Damien Priest a lot of freaking TV time and a lot of freaking, a, a, a lot of effort, a lot of effort and a lot of stuff. The machine has really been kind of behind him to get him something moving forward. Um, and I like that. So in regards to that, as much as I despise the idea of the judgment day, or him and the Judgment Day going their separate ways. Um, Damian Priest, man, they've been they've been trying to really make this dude at some point become a top a top guy or one of the top guys in this in this industry. So I got a respect for that for giving Damian Priest the time of day in regards to an angle with with Finn Balor that could work. Again, if you do it properly, but if you're going to replace, but here's the thing, if you're going to replace Damian Priest with somebody like JD McDonough, then I'm like, okay, then what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just in that regard, that's when I'm going to get freaking furious. But however, outside of all of that, there's a lot of ways that you can go with Damian Priest. I just hope that they just continue, that they just protect this man because this dude has taken a lot of L's lately. I spoke about that on the Monday Night Raw review as well. He lost to Bad Bunny. He lost in a tournament match for the for the World Heavyweight title. And he lost a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship to Seth Rollins. So, again, man, but still, they're giving him that time, right? They're, he's, you know, he's getting, he's been putting into a lot of angles in regards to whether it's with freaking with Finn, with Seth. So I got to respect that and give and give credit in regards to, you know, Damian Priest seems to be like developing into, you know, into one of those, into one of those guys, those guys that's going to be, you know, you know, the top, the top wrestlers in the industry. So 
So those are my honorable mentions there. But let me now get into my top five list itself. Number five from NXT, I have Tony D'Angelo and Stax. The family, I believe, as, as they're called in NXT. So, yeah, man, they, they had a really intriguing, what? Maybe I think it was like a two-minute segment in a jailhouse. <laughs> Freaking Tony D'Angelo has been locked up because someone accused him of something um or were being accused of a of a criminal action that he did and you know him and stacks they're 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 talking through the telephones and they're trying to figure out like who ratted him out um and again then there's just it's that mystery it's like a mystery type of uh type of uh type of angle there so freaking like it man there's a lot of creative again the setting was just really cool and just yeah man these two and then there's and again like i mentioned with talking about jay uso and how you know, developing a storyline in regards to him rejoining with Roman solo against his brother, Jimmy. There's so many options and angles that you can go. Same with this Tony D'Angelo stacks um, situation to where who knows, maybe it could be stacks. That could be the guy that ratted out Tony D'Angelo. You can start a feud with that. You can get really freaking personal. So we'll see, man. I, I like, I, I like where it's heading. I like the options that, you can make of it in regards to it. So as much as there's been a lot of bullshit <laughs> with NXT right now, um, in regards to these main roster talents coming in and out and, and everywhere, it's just been a hot mess. At least there's something in regards to the family with Tony D'Angelo and Stax. That's, that's very intriguing for, for yours truly to watch. So um, number four is Adam Cole. And obviously I'm sure you can probably know who number three would be. Uh, number three is MJF. So with Adam Coleman and, and MJF, they were in a a, a a solid, pretty good segment on, on AEW. Um, you know, as if you guys saw from the last episode that was published, um, had no freaking interest in reviewing Dynamite. <laughs> Absolutely none. It was just not worth my time reviewing that show from top to bottom. However, this segment at least saved, it saved somewhat of the show. Was it great by any, any imagination? No. But was it a good, intriguing back-and-forth promo from, from MJF and Adam Cole? Absolutely. Where they go from here is also a different story because now they're going to be an eliminator match. That's just going to be just, you know, of just a whole bunch of what the fuck there. Um, and we're going to waste that in the middle of a dynamite, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, but But still, I digress. MJF and Adam Cole love the interaction between the two, but I just pray and hope that Tony Khan just gets it right. So, so Adam Cole is number four, MJF is number three. And at number two, I have Paul Heyman, the wise man himself. So Paul Heyman, man, has really over the past several weeks in regards to this, this split or this, this implosion of the bloodline has really been also on the shoulders of Paul Heyman as well. Um, and Paul Heyman, this entire time, and has just inserted himself so well into this storyline and how, you know, trying to get Jey Uso into his good graces and, you know, saying that, oh, Roman Reigns, he's going to name you the tribal chief one day. You're going to be the next in line at some point down the road. And to prove that, we're going to give you this title match. And that's what I like about that main event. Like, I don't mind title matches. If you're ever going to do a title match, 
on a SmackDown, on a television show. That's how you do it. You do it for a reason, right? You, you know, like you just don't throw a title match on your show just to have a freaking title match, just to boost up a freaking rating. No, you tell the freaking story. It's like, hey, man, like, you know, me and, you know, me and Roman, you know, we were able to pull some strings with Adam Pierce and officials and we got you United States championship match because, you know, obviously the end goal is to is to pull Jey Uso farther and farther away from freaking Jimmy. And I love that shit, man. So shout out to Paul Heyman. He has just been tremendous as everyone else is in regards to the bloodline and this entire story. And at number one, the number one top five wrestlers of the week are the Usos. The Usos are number one for this week. Now, I know Jimmy Uso was last week for both me and Brian last week, but, and I know both of them have been doing tremendous work, but it was to me, guys, I'm sorry. It was hard to pick one of the other, both of these, both of the Uso brothers, man, they, they deserve both of their praise because this storyline of course has been evolved around them. And both of them have just been doing tremendous freaking, just tremendous stuff. Um, seriously, I think I, I know we like to to sometimes separate Jimmy and Jay, you know, as their own individual. But both of them, man, I'm going to give because they are a duo at the end of the day. They are legit a tag team. And as a tag team, they both deserve the freaking praise. And for that, they are in the number one slot for this week. At number five for my top five list at number five, Tony D'Angelo and Stax from NXT. Number four is Adam Cole. Number three is MJF. Number two is the wise man, Paul Heyman. And at number one are the Usos. And that are my top five wrestlers for this week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Make sure you guys stay tuned for Tuesday's episode. Brian will be back with me to talk some Monday Night Raw. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. And of course, there is a lot coming up in the next couple of weeks. We got Money in the Bank coming up. There's going to be a review for that. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that of when that is going to be. You know, we're going to talk some Dynamite. Um, hopefully, <laughs> ho hopefully, you know, the show is going to be worth freaking uh, the, the show is going to be worth talking about. And of course, NXT to see what's going on with with them and the mess that's going on with the main rosters, pretty much the main roster talent that has pretty much flooded that freaking show. Uh, but we're going to talk all about that. And we are back here next week as Roman Reigns, the tribal chief himself returns to further this storyline. And I'm sure a lot is going to probably go down uh, for next week. You would think um, again, I, I wish shit could have gotten accomplished in regards to this week. I think we could have gotten off the air a whole lot more better, a whole lot better than, than, than it was last night, but whatever, man, it's, it's not my company, I guess at the end of the day. Right. But so that is going to go down next week as in, in regards to, I believe there's going to be a gauntlet match in regards to, you know, finding out who Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens next opponents are and a bunch of other freaking nonsensical bullshit, I believe. So, but make sure you guys stay tuned for all of that. Make sure you guys join our Facebook group. Uh, that is Ruthless Talk, as well as join our or follow our Instagram and our TikTok pages. 
That is both ruthless underscore talk. We create a lot of content over there. So make sure you guys stay tuned or excuse me, make sure you guys stay tuned for more content over there. A lot of uh, content is published on both of those platforms. I believe we are now, we are now inching guys over 800 followers on Instagram. We're nearing about 250 on TikTok. Um, it is insane. Again, I, I sound like a broken record when it comes to hitting these milestones all the time, but I can't thank everybody enough for, for just being a part of this community. And, you know, and just like I always say, man, spread the freaking word. This is the platform to be on, you know, but again, I warn you, you know, as long as you can handle criticism, as long as you're honest, if you're not a bitch boy, freaking Braden, right. If you can take the criticism when it, when it comes to your favorite wrestler, then you, my friend, are a Ruthless Talk freaking member. You are a badass Ruthless Talk freaking member. But thank you guys to everybody who's hit that follow button and to and, and appreciate everybody that has come across uh, this uh, this episode, this, uh, this podcast for the first time. We appreciate to have you guys. And stay tuned for more episodes to come moving forward. That is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli and your boy signing off saying salute. Peace out and take care, everybody.